just uh, job hunting girl I'm kind of seeing. Sure. Um, I had a match on Coffee Meets Bagel, right. though. Different lady. Um, hey, uh. She seems kind of cool. Um, Wait, Coffee Meets Bagel? Yeah. We have like four mutual Is that friends. The... What? Um, yeah, Coffee Meets Bagel. What was that? Is that the. Uh... <laughs> Is that a Jewish dating site that you're on? Uh, no, that's you being okay. anti-Semitic. Hey, man, the, I, the fact that Jewish dating sites exist in the first place, it could easily be a, hey, here's a place for Jewish people to meet non-Jewish people. Touche. Boom. Um, I have, though, uh, been doing fantasy football today. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I'm winning. I'm winning my game. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I don't know how or what's happening, but I'm winning. Sure. Yeah. Peyton Manning didn't do well, but uh, uh, who is this? Um, I had a player that did well. I don't know. This is so dumb. This is uh, <laughs> something you would not care about at all, right? Well, eh. Actually, hold on. Hold on just a second. I want to try something. Sure. <clears throat> okay, never mind. That was that's weird. Um, I keep getting these little uh, peaks in my audio recording when I'm not talking or really doing much of anything. I was kind of wondering if it was somehow feeding in your input into the recording program, mm, but uh, yeah, it's not. So I don't really know what's going on with that. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, I also don't have a bet, uh, whatever it's called. Um, Mystery I bit. A, first of all, I don't have a worse police work for this week. Um, we can talk about it. Uh, but that's not really a thing. But I also don't have a bet or I don't have, I have a mystery bet. Sure. Do you have any ideas? Uh, no, but we could. We can also do a shorter episode this week. Our last two have been kind of marathon sessions. Yeah, let's do a short one. Yeah, sure. I'm down with that. Um, or we can talk about what show am I? There's some show that I was. I've been watching. Uh, what Hot American Summer? Have you seen that? The Netflix miniseries. Yeah. Do you watch that? Yeah, I, I wrapped that up uh, like a month ago. It's I, a, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I I tried to watch the original movie and it was very hard to get through. Yeah, I because it's like I think it's David Wayne before he really becomes David Wayne. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like very muted David Wayne. Yeah, um, the show is a lot better than the movie, like a lot. Yeah, so much, so much better. Yeah, it's there were some parts in that show that like blew my mind. <laughs> Any anything in particular? Uh, notably, when they're like, Jason Schwartzman was like eating the toxic ooze. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. <laughs> Where he <laughs> Where just just like scooping it out. And, he, and when they leave, he runs back <laughs> to get one final taste of it. <laughs> That's a really funny bit. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and then the did you did you see the Have you gotten to the point where John Hamm shows up? Uh, very briefly. Um, okay. He was inside the body of Weird Al Yankovic. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's the scene where, yeah, I think it's that same scene. He's, uh, he tries to shoot Jason Schwartzman and Gene Garofalo and they're just lightly jogging yeah. their way out. They also make a big deal out of like jumping down the stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I think that might, I think it's the same episode where Christopher Maloney is, uh, skipping after, uh, oh, what is his name? Ken Marino. Um, yes. Or that might be the next episode. Um, and no, I didn't see any skipping. Um, oh. I did see, um, what's his face? Michael Showalter chase a kid in a very laborious way. It was funny. <laughs> um, it, they do, they're super weird. Um, yes. which I love. Um, yeah. yeah. Very David Lynch. And Hey, was this our intro? Uh, sure. Hey, yeah. welcome to twin peeps. How's it going? I wonder how much of that you're going to, how much of that conversation you're going to include. I'll keep the whole thing. Yeah. I like talking but, about it. Like, yeah. Let's do it. What Hot American sure. Summer podcast. I mean, we've been talking about Twin Peaks so much. Yeah. Um, anyways, welcome to Twin Peaks. I'm your host, Michael. <laughs> and this is Kyle. Um, and we talk about Twin Peaks on the show, obviously. Right. Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about season two, episode four. Laura's Secret Diary. Laura's Secret Diary, which is a very lame title. Yep. And also kind of a lame episode. And a, a labored premise. Yeah. I don't really care about the diary. And then they kind of explain the diary also doesn't really matter. Right. And the fact that she has two for some reason, because her first diary with the lock on it, that I think Cooper just breaks open. Mm-hmm. That wasn't secret enough. She had to have a second one. Yeah. One that Donna didn't know about. That's I I guess we yeah. don't understand the point of diaries. Well, uh, I don't remember later on in the show if they explain this, but it could also very well be. Um, it could be that that was the diary that she had had before the one that they find in her room. Um, like that was a completed diary, and then once you get to the end, you know it's done. Then she just decided to give that to uh, Harold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember if there's information in it that is recent that would make a lot more sense than to have two simultaneous diaries yeah um i'm excited for the benefit of the doubt let's give it give it that yeah i'm excited for you to uh give the short summary because this is a very weird episode here the summary all right um so we have a very David Lynch intro as Leland cops to murder. Andy retakes his test and bumps into Lucy. The one-armed man sold some mysterious boots. M.T. Wentz is coming to town. Jean Renault meets with Ben Horn. Hank Norma prep for Wentz. Donna dates Harold Smith. Ben pleads with Cooper for help. Uh, Josie is back, but so is Pete. Jean Renault means business. Cooper gets Lucy to open up. Norma and Hank serve D.A. Daryl Lodwick. Donna and Maddie hash things out. Harry reconnects with Josie and company. The judge stops by the police station, followed by Dick Tremaine, who has an unsavory proposal for Lucy. The judge speaks with Leland. Mr. Tajimura checks into the Great Northern. Coop meets with Harry at the Roadhouse. Hank tussles with a mysterious Asian man. Is it the same one or a different one? I can't tell because of the light and my racism. So, that's it. It's got to be the same one. I feel like it is, but in the light, it's kind of hard to tell because you can't really see the ponytail that he has. I, and that's it, like a, it's Josie's brother. It's Josie's brother. I'm pretty sure. Also, they they specifically mentioned needing to deal with Hank when they're talking. 
Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's racist that you had to ask if it's racist that, that you couldn't talk. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Weirdest character. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw it out before you can. God damn it. Um, but uh, the Asian lady uh, checking into the uh, Great Northern, <laughs> who's obviously a guy. No, no, no. It's, um, no, no that, that is a, that is a man. A it's Mr. Tajimura. Wait, what? Mike? Yeah, it, that is a guy. It's Mr. Tajimura. In real life, though? Wait, what are you saying? Because you said it was the Asian lady who's checking in who's clearly a man. I, I, I've swapped it up. The guy oh. with the fake mustache who's right. checking in who's obviously a lady. Right. Um, what about him? That's the weirdest character. Like that's the character. weirdest character. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just uh, instantly when I saw the character, I was like, that's a fake mustache. <laughs> and then you hear the character talk, and it's obviously a lady doing it. <laughs> Doing a very low voice. Do, trying to do like a gruff voice. And it sounds uh, terrible and really fake. Yep. And indeed, the uh, lady working at the counter, who I thought was really cool. I want to see more of her. Yeah, she's, uh, I think this is the first episode that we see her in. Is she in more um, of it? She seems cool. Yeah, I think. And now also, uh, you can confirm or deny this. Is that also another ethnic minority character that we have on the show now? I think it's the first black person on the show. There's, I believe there's an African-American nurse who works with Ronette. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, as far as like someone with uh, notable speaking lines, she does show up again. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, she's, I, I don't know. I had, a, I, yeah. I had a crush her. I thought she was cute. Yeah. She's spunky and she's good at her job and yeah, yeah. great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ben Horn loves her too. Not you know as like a prodigy kind of thing. Oh, okay, interesting. Not like a not like take not so much like taking her under his wing or anything like that. But you know he's a horn dog. Like because they're doing the walk and talk mm-hmm. down the hallway and he's like, yeah, you're great. Like first week here and you're already doing this well. And she's like, yeah, thank you. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, that's the weirdest character just because they're setting up this, <laughs> just this <laughs> obviously fake character. Um, I don't know. I, even before the character talked, I knew it was a lady. Sure. I wrote, that's a lady. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like literally, I have nothing to say about that other than um, it's probably somehow related to Josie Packard. <laughs> um, we'll have to keep watching to find out, man. I assume so. Um, right. But yeah, that was my weirdest character. What do you got? It's not a bad, uh, not a bad pick. Um, you sound like a fantasy football guy. That's not a bad pick. Ugh, gross. <laughs> um, so my uh, my weirdest character, I put Harold Smith. This one, um, he's got a weird, he's got a very strange conception of how, uh, how to act on a date. Like the fact that he leads or not leads, but one of the primary, uh, events of the date that he and Donna are on is him reading the diary of a dead girl of which there's going to be details about Donna read. You took that as a date? Yeah. Yeah. Like. 
she's uh, Donna's at the R and R picking up the food, and Hank kind of teases her that it's a date, but like, yeah, it's like a one-on-one dinner with a guy. It, it's I don't think she's seriously planning on seeing him yet. No, but I think it, it's kind of like a trial okay. half date. Thing. Yeah, because she's still uh, she's still mad at James, so. You know, I don't know. I, I just thought Harold was being real weird during that scene. Yeah, well, he's a weirdo, so it's a very right. solid, yeah. very solid choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess moving straight on, a uh, weirdest scene. Um, you want to hit mm-hmm. me with yours first? Uh, see, this is a kind of a strange episode. There weren't like, there weren't entire scenes that were straight up weird, but you gotta, we gotta at least mention the intro scene when Leland is like peering into the infinite smallness of a hole in the ceiling of the police uh, department interrogation room. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That was probably the most uh, unsettling scene of the episode. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what I picked. Even if the actual interrogation that happens afterward is a little bit less weird and more, you know, kind of what you would expect. Although, I gotta say that Ray Wise acts the hell out of that scene. Yeah, you know? that's so. the actor who plays um, uh, Mr. Leland Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. yeah, really good, very solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that interrogation scene to the point where to jump ahead real quick to worst police work. There aren't <laughs> any nominations for worst police work because I thought great police work in this episode. There, I I was kind of struggling with it until later on in the episode and it's not so much the oh you're gonna you're gonna say truman meeting with josie no well okay that that's not great but that should be your nomination because that's not mine Mm -hmm. um because with mine i had it with uh so okay it's not really the police so much as just the justice system (laughs) as a whole yeah it's very clear that the judge that they bring in to try Leland Palmer has a lot of history with him. Yeah. And that shouldn't happen. (laughs) I love that actor. I love that character. Yeah. The character's great. The monologue that he gives to Leland is also really good, but it's really good on paper. You shouldn't have a judge with that close of a connection to the uh, defendant. Yeah be there <laughs> like but, you should get a different more impartial judge but in a small town like that i maybe that's just what it needs to be you know maybe maybe if it's like small claims or something but like this is straight up murder and he it that is interfering with a federal serial murder case like they could probably make the case to fly someone in that's a good point yeah yeah maybe especially because um, they have the fbi working on it i'm sure they could Right. Yeah, okay. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not so much the police department. It's not like Coop or uh, Harry or anyone like that, but just the system itself really should get a different guy in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of... Um, yeah, anyways, it, I, I, we're so off topic. Uh, weirdest scene. Um, uh, which one did you say again? The one with the... You didn't say the one with the judge. No, I did the I did the interrogation scene, but mostly for that introductory uh, shot in the 
<laughs> in the cavern yeah. of the hole in the ceiling. Yeah, I liked um, I that introductory shot was very cinematic. Yeah. Oh, it like it's provocative, and I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. it, it's also like just I don't know. To me, it was the <laughs> the weirdest scene. I also don't know? know how they did that shot. I wonder. Do you think that's practical? I think the tube is practical. Yeah, that's not CGI. So do you um, think they just blended two shots together? I think, yeah. I think they just got some sort of fuzzy cavern. Yeah. <laughs> and then just zoomed in, zoomed it back out. It was really cool. I had no idea what I was looking at. Yeah. No, yeah. And that's uh, that's part of what makes it kind of unsettling when you're first watching it. You're just like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, my weirdest scene, I got to go with um, all the Andy needs to masturbate scenes. Um, collectively (laughs) excuse me Um, yeah Andy needs to provide a semen sample uh, to Dr. Hayward um, because the baby isn't his Um, hopefully it'll turn out that it's somehow his Um, yeah I bet it's going to turn out to be his well, they haven't done they haven't done like a paternity test. It's not confirmed that it's Dick Tremaine's, mm-hmm. um, and the timing is such where it could be either Andy's or Dick's. Yeah. Um, but really, the only reason why Andy thinks that is because the one test that he did showed up that his, uh, as he says, his sperms. Um, are I think I'm not sure if he's elaborated upon it yet, but he does later on. I think they're like quote unquote slow swimmers. Yeah, um, that's the thing a doctor say though. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know the uh, medical term. Yeah, um, non. So it's I don't know. yeah. It, so he has decent reason to suspect that it might not be his, but it's also not uh, an open and shut case. That's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just all these scenes of him with the cop. Also, I was I got confused. Um, please explain to me um, when he has the cup and he uh, gets under the chair, and then Coop is like, "Hey, where'd you get that magazine?" Right? It was the magazine he was talking about. No, it was his boots. It was his boots. Oh, yeah, because the boots were. He bought the boots from uh, Philip Gerard. The one-armed man. Yes. Um, and the boot print was a match at one of the crime scenes. Oh, Like, okay. it was the same brand Check. as one of the boot prints at the crime scenes. So he's like, wait, hold on. What's going on? We got to find Philip Gerard. Haven't they been looking for him anyways? Yeah, he's kind of been gone, uh, gone to the wind I suppose, uh, ever since he disappeared uh, last episode. Yeah. Ever since he didn't take his medicine. Yeah. Interesting. Um, anyways, moving on, uh, bad or David Lynch, what do you got? Yeah. Um, (laughs) so this might be kind of, uh, kind of cheating. I, I do have a specific scene, but I'm going with Josie for the entire episode. Yeah, she's not great. No. And they make they make weird choices with her. Like the dress that she's wearing with uh Harry Truman. Yeah. 
That's such a weird dress. It's a sexy dress. I mean, that the thigh cut goes up to like her belly button. I don't understand what's going on with that. Yeah. It's um, ridiculous. It's like a 90s version of sexual attraction. Yeah. I wrote a note when they're about to have sex and she's uh, saying to like tear the dress. I was like, is she gun girling him? Um, <laughs> it almost seems like it. Which is and, like, kind of ahead of its time. But she, it seems like that she's up to a lot. Um, right. So, uh, but also even with that tearing of the dress. So she just gets back from... Uh, this shopping excursion to uh, Seattle. Yeah. So she goes to Seattle, comes back with a bunch of stuff. Presumably that dress is one of her new things that she bought. And she wants him to rip it. Yeah. How much money is she making <laughs> where that's just, Oh, whatever. It's fine. Well, they have the insurance, it. then the insurance money. Yeah. A lot of insurance scams going on right now. Yeah. But I like, I'm not even sure. So when she was talking with the other man, the man that's uh, that she introduces as her cousin. Who I thought um, was Coop's partner. Turns out I was wrong. Uh, Asian, we're, we're kind of led to believe that that is Wyndham Earl. I don't think we've heard his name yet. Wait, um, the Asian dude? Yeah. Her like, brother? No, he's he's not her brother. She introduces him to Pete as her cousin, I believe. Oh, her cousin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but it's not clear if he is. Um, why would, why would, oh, interesting. Oh, so, yeah. she, so he might be like a hired goon for her. I, I can't say much more. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You're being, you're being sneaky. I'm trying um, sure. to exp- I'm I'm trying to keep my explanations within the realms of what you already know, and that's no, a little bit difficult. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sub- I'm supposed to be very confused. <laughs> um, so it makes the show work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Josie's not a great actress. Um, yeah. Um, she's sexy though in that dress. I like the dress. Well, what's weird is like she shows up in other things. I think she was in like. I think she was even in like Chinatown um, way back. When, no, she wasn't in Chinatown. What am I thinking that she was in? Big Trouble in Little China? That, that might be it. Um, so like she's, she's not, I mean, not as like a, a huge actor or not like it's a, a huge character in, I'd have to look up on IMDb. But mm-hmm. like when she was in Fringe, she was fine, you know? Yeah. Did she um, have an accent at all? I don't remember. Okay. Again, she's not in it terribly much, but when she's in it, she's fine. Um, but like that, the, especially the conversation with the guy, um, the man who is her quote unquote cousin. Uh, yeah. It was just so wooden. Yeah. I do like that. She, uh, Pete handed off Pete, who we haven't seen in a while. Great to see Pete. Yeah. Um, hands a, uh, taxidermy of a <laughs> mongoose eating a snake. Yep. <laughs> Which is probably symbolic of something. Sure. It's yeah. great. It's great though. I'd love to have that on my wall. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was curious about that. Did you catch if that was supposed to be a gift or was he I don't I don't really understand what was going on with why he handed him that. No idea. <laughs> great. Um <laughs> I thought he was dusting it and was like, Well, I don't know. It seemed very awkward. 
well, I'm done with this. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for my batter, David Lynch, I'm going to go with the uh, fights. Uh, another recurring character, the oh, fight scene between Hank and uh, Josie's alleged cousin. <laughs> um, because we're n- unsure what either character wants. Yeah. It's revealed they're blood brothers. Yeah. Which, which doesn't make any sense. Um, and like Hank's doing like roundhouse kicks. Yeah, apparently he knows some sort of martial art. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, so maybe they, if they know each other and... Well, also Asian remember, uh, I'm sorry, uh, also remember a couple of episodes ago, I think it might have been back in season one, um, when Hank is kind of roughing up, not roughing up actually, but uh, shaking down Josie and kind of like letting her know what's about to happen. Um, don't, doesn't he do the blood brother thing where he like cuts his thumb or something and they he like, does. yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah, technically that's Josie. a, huh? Yeah. He does that with Josie. Right. So it, it's not too, uh, that's, that's not really out of nowhere. At the okay. So maybe they haven't met. I, I uh, they're, it seems like they've had dealings before. Yeah. Maybe not in person, but like they've run in similar shady circles. Yeah. Other thing. Wait. So, what are we supposed to call this character? Josie's cousin for now. Yeah. Let's just say Josie's cousin. Okay. Um, also, Josie's cousin is introduced as just having arrived. Yeah. Also, uh, <laughs> for my own uh, for my own purposes, uh, your I think your beard is scratching up your mic. Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I do have a big beard right now. I apologize. Nice. Great. Um, the uh, so yeah, he he just got into town, according to Josie. Yeah, which is not true. So no, nope. the- he's already <laughs> watched her make out and presumably more mm-hmm. with Sheriff Truman. Yeah, that was a weird scene when she, yeah. she was about to uh, bang Truman and lightning strikes, and he was there. <laughs> a lot of like dramatic lightning strikes in this episode. Too yeah, many. It's, it's a stormy episode. It's a dark and stormy night. Yeah. yeah. Um, do do you want to do worst police work? I, I think we already covered that, right? Well, I had mine, which was the judge and Leland. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He really shouldn't be the one trying that case. Um, yeah. But that's not police work. That's the, bad. Uh, uh, judiciary system yeah. bad uh justice system yeah yeah bad prosecution um mm-hmm. the da the prosecutor that they bring in see yeah they so they bring in a prosecutor but they don't bring in a judge it seems like yeah hey um, let's talk about this prosecutor a little bit what's her name sid the prosecutor yeah uh did oh. did you um well, the prosecutor is the DA that Norma and Hank are serving in the R and R. Oh, oh, wait, I'm I'm all confused. Who's Sid? That lady Sid, Sid walked in. Sid is the uh, judge's clerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. She seems cool. Yeah, um, and <laughs> it's uh, it also gives Cooper kind of another. Cooper for the past two episodes have been has been a little out of character. It's very strange. Yeah, he um, seems very flirtatious with her. 
yeah, he's like, wow. Or, you know, something like that as she leaves. Um, and she's dressed in he, very 90s clothing. Very 90s. But also, like, earlier on, um, he's, like, he's very unsympathetic to Leland Palmer, too. Like, in a similar way that he was very unsympathetic to Shelley Johnson. Mm-hmm. Where everything that we've seen from his character thus far would really seem to lead him to be sympathetic to people who are uh, almost like criminals in circumstances, like they're circumstantially criminals. They have like one kind of lapse in judgment and that's why they're now doing this criminal act. But like on both of these counts, he's just been hardline. No, these are bad. That's a bad action. And they're unforgiven for doing that in my yeah. eyes. Definitely weird. Yeah. Maybe he really doesn't like insurance fraud and murder. <laughs> Which I get. And also with, with Leland, like he definitely has a professional stake in that because Jacques Renault could have provided some evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and it, so you said that you couldn't really think of any worse police work? Um, I mean, just Andy being like bumbling and annoying. Yeah. I, but you were mentioning uh, Harry with Josie and kind of letting her slide on yeah really a lapse in what she was doing and <laughs> what like yeah. not really pressing he, her it, for a story about the fire i don't even think that's necessarily bad police it's just like i don't know he just should have been like hey it's nothing about you like this isn't me doing this for fun it's just how uh my job is we need to investigate you for this and yeah it's gonna be difficult and like, or like, at the very least, he could have requested that someone else do that on his behalf. Yeah. 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 It's like he came in there to warn her, but it just is makes her hate him more. Right. Um, it just seemed weird. Yeah. Um, let's go into favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. There's not really a. Yeah. No music. Not really a music about. cue. This so episode. Kyle, is Coop your favorite character in this episode? Nope. Same here. Yeah. He's too weird. He's in it. We don't really hear his theme much. He's not he's not really doing too much. No. Yeah. Um, um, and as we get he's into not season doing fun two, stuff. Yeah. As we get into season two, we're um, not really we're gonna get more of these episodes that are gonna be a little bit Cooper light. Um Yeah. Unfortunately. But yeah, just the fact that he's not in it much, he's not doing much when he's in it. And then this strange change in tone that he seems to be experiencing. It's very, mm-hmm. uh, jarring, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so who is your favorite character? Um, <laughs> I can go first if you don't want to. You seem hesitant. I, yeah. You, you should go first. Cause my, Neither of my contenders, I'm. I have very strong opinions about, but yeah, I'm not they crazy stood out about mine. Um, yeah. But the judge, yeah, what's the judge's it. name? The judge. Yeah, what's his name? I I missed I missed the name of the judge, but anyway, whatever his name is, name is, he's great. Um, he gives a great speech in the courtroom. Uh, he mentions like, well. Lumber. Well, not in the courtroom. They're in. uh, They're in the police department. In the interrogation room. room. Sorry. 
Um, he said, well, raise the glass in Valhalla. Um, I don't know. He's just yep. a really good actor. Uh, and there's a lot of, he like, sells it. yeah. And there's a lot of like untold story behind it, which I love when shows do that, or it's like, Oh, there's, you weren't around for everything. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know? Shit. Yeah. It implies this history that he has with the people, but, uh, it doesn't need to go through and explain every little detail, especially not every, even every little detail that's necessarily relevant. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've already talked about him a lot. I don't know what else there is to say. Um, uh, well, I could throw in a couple of things because spoiler alert, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, so like the content of the monologue is great. Um, He's talking to Leland about their past history, but in in spite of the uh, <laughs> them really, they really should get a different person there, <laughs> as I've said before. Um, but uh, despite that, the yeah. fact that he's acknowledging their past and telling him that, you know, I regret to see you in this situation, but I'm also, it's my professional duty to try you to the letter of the law. Yeah. And like, I thought that was like, he's like, we're not even going to talk about bail. Is that okay? I don't know. I thought that was like sweet. I don't know. I feel a lot of, uh, I feel a lot of, uh, sympathy for Leland. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, like that's he's obviously the, crazy. Right. And he, like he obviously committed that crime out of duress. Um, yeah. And that's really what makes the that <laughs> that's really what makes Cooper like his hardline stance kind of against Leland at this point so jarring because we as an audience are like we see Leland's side and we see how the death of his daughter has affected him. We're like, oh, we kind of sympathize with his character, even though he did mess up with murdering Jacques. Um, mm-hmm. And just to not have Cooper, who's really sort of been like an audience surrogate for a lot of this, um, to not have him share our uh, our view of Leland is kind of jarring, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Great scene. Um, mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character? Uh, well, I also want to... <laughs> oh, I don't know sorry. why, but... I was just going to mention the fact that it's like thunder. It's a thunderstorm as well during that. Um, I don't know. Just tonally. I really liked that choice. See, it's, I can't really have a strong opinion about it because I feel like the, th- the thunder and lightning was overused throughout the episode. I mean, it's, it's all meant to, it's to imply that it's all taking place over one night, you know? Yeah. And the fact that it's, it's which not was even good. really... I'm sorry? It was good. I like the idea that it's all one night. Right. Like, and I get, especially with, especially with like the reveal shots, you know, um, Josie's cousin has two reveal shots thanks to the lightning. There's the mm-hmm. one where he's, you know, looking He's outside. Over, yeah, he's outside and then he's in the R&R. And both times he's revealed because of the lightning crash. Whereas I thought in, he was revealed because of the um, uh, Hank's flashlight the second time. Oh, no! Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but even even like the even the first reveal, 
you know that's such a it's such a cliched thing to do Mm -hmm. at this point um like the fact that it was in the conference room which is windowless you're only hearing the audio of kind of the rain and the thunder happening outside and it's never really used to like punctuate anything it's just happening in the background it just gives a mood yeah it just gives a mood that i really like you know yeah it was the subtle use of the weather that wasn't happening earlier in the episode, but it's in this scene. It's nice. It's a great scene. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to tell you about my favorite scene after I hear about your favorite character. Sure. Um, so I think... Did you have the judge as one of your favorite characters? Uh, no, only because he was my favorite scene contender. Okay. You know, I, I figured mm-hmm. I should probably diversify. Um, but so my... <laughs> uh my favorite character I put down uh I put down Pete. Um oh interesting because I've been missing Pete cuz Pete's great and That's I That's a sympathy sympathy vote still. He's he doesn't get to do anything. He doesn't get to do anything. I totally get that. He does um, mention coffee though, which is very which is very Pete. Right. He does mention coffee. He does <laughs> Give Josie's cousin the taxidermy uh, snake and mongoose, which is also very Pete. Um, but I put him down because his his reaction to Josie's returning is really great. It's very, like, both kind of exaggerated in the way that Pete is, but also subtle in a lot of small ways. Because mm-hmm. um, he obviously loves her. Yeah, and it's like, it's both a little bit, sexual and a little bit not Mm -hmm. um like she's clearly this confidant that he's been able to turn to as his marriage is kind of dissolved with Catherine. Um, yeah and he like he hugs her and you can tell there's like this real affection there but then he also is you know he stops himself and he like breaks apart the hug and but he still like holds on to her hand for support when he tells her about Catherine being dead and uh yeah. Yeah. No. It's just it's really good acting on uh, Jack Nance's part. Yeah. There. Great actor. I, yeah. And you... the fact that it's the fact that he's acting as Pete <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, makes it so that I gave my favorite character to Pete. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Would you say that um, in Twin Peaks you want to be Cooper, but you're but in real life you're more like uh, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Can't like, we all say that? Cooper's supposed to be the audience surrogate, but Pete's the real audience surrogate. <laughs> Pete's just a good guy, man. Yeah, he's just there. What's, Nothing really interesting happens to him. Not, this is, oh, man, come on. S- sorry, I apologize. Oh. I thought I had my ringer off. <laughs> Snake, this is the colonel. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Reach me. <laughs> Um, what were we saying? Uh, well, I was going to tell you to, uh, not use your weapons on that floor because it's filled with nukes. Oh, but... I'm not, I don't even play that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad. You enjoy you my ringtone more have the than ringer if you don't play the yeah. series. Um, but, uh, oh, what were we talking about? We're talking about Pete. Yeah. Uh, not to spoil really anything, but uh, later on in season two, they give Pete a bit more to do, and it's oh, pretty great. I love it. Yeah. I'm excited for it to be later on in season two. It seems like yeah. so much stuff happens then. See, this is what um, 
when we were talking with uh billy and eric yeah billy and eric and uh, i think billy was the one to mention about season two where it kind of starts to wander a bit um we haven't quite gotten to that point yet yeah um even though this episode didn't really supply much um, yeah a lot of what starts to happen in season two is less about furthering the mysteries um, and more about like kind of reaffirming the tone of the show and the town, mm-hmm. but also doing bits, <laughs> doing bits. It's, it's weird. The middle of season two gets weird. Um, so that'll be, I'm, uh, we'll have plenty of bad or David Lynch contenders then I think. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. So you're, you still need to go through your favorite, uh, favorite scene. Yes. Yeah. My favorite scene. Um, I, um, actually, well, uh, first thing I was going to say is we should have, uh, um, Billy and Eric on the show. Yeah. Uh, actually Eric probably hasn't watched all the way up <laughs> he here. He probably hasn't continued. Um, so, but, um, yeah, we could have Billy back on. Yeah, let's get Billy back on the show. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, my favorite scene. Uh, you're going to disagree with this. <laughs> um, and it's because I like seeing characters that I love dealing with despicable characters. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with the scene where Dick asks Lucy to get an abortion. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because as a backup to Pete as my favorite character, I did have Lucy. For yeah. This episode. Lu- it, Lucy's so good in that scene. Yep. <laughs> um, and like, I know Dick's terrible, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious how evil he is. Yeah. And um, how much he's able to stretch that out. Yeah. He's like, I, you know, I really scrounged up every penny I could and I oh, got like, a lot of money. Together. And I'm like, oh, he's going to like give like $10,000 to like start a college fund or something like that. But <laughs> and he, he builds it up like he's doing the most generous fucking thing in the world. <laughs> well, okay. So let, let's try to break down how he builds it up. So first he comes into the police station and he's like, Lucy, I'm so glad I've seen you. I haven't been able to sleep. I need to talk to you about this. I've been thinking about you all the time. She's like, oh, yeah, continue. (laughs) And uh, he's like, yeah, I I really want to do the right thing here. He specifically mentions doing the right thing. And he's like, oh, he's... You know, whenever you see that in a show, it's always like, oh, he's going to step up yeah in the relationship which is you know kind of it's it, yeah yeah <laughs> um, i'm sure this type of situation happens in real life all the time and it's right. terrible yeah but they're not like building it up like they're doing them this huge favor <laughs> right. like um, i feel i feel terrible laughing about it because it's terrible but it's hilarious well so like uh, but he like I, I just love how they ramp it up and then they slowly walk it back so he starts being like I want to do the right thing. And you're like, oh, this is really strange. He wants to like be in Lucy's life and in this baby's life. That's a strange turn for Dick. And he starts talking. He starts talking. He keeps talking. 
And he starts to mention, yeah, I'm, I've tried to scrounge together every bit of money that I can. And you're like, okay, no, changing my expectations. He's not going to be in a relationship with her. But yeah, like you're right. You're like, oh, is he starting a college fund or something with his kid? Who knows? And you're like, $650. That's how much he's able to raise. And you're like, okay, no, that can't do anything. Except. And then abortion. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think the show would touch on abortion. Um, yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, this is like early 90s, too. Yeah. It, it got so dark. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they went there. Like, it's a it's a joke. Yeah. They play I, it. It's played for laughs. What's, at the very least, the fact that it's a joke on Dick's character. It's still framed as this hugely evil thing, which seems to really fall in line with it being the nineties. Um, it's like a Daniel Tosh joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, hold on, but that's just the beginning of it because then Lucy gives an amazing speech, right? Uh, where she's like telling him what he needs to do and it's to get the fuck out. (laughs) But like, Saying, like, you got to go through those two doors. The second door sticks. I love that the second door sticks. Like, she can't help but be helpful while she's telling this guy to go screw himself. It's such a good, um, it's a really good scene. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's pretty great. No, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I did have Lucy as my backup favorite character. Mostly for that scene. Yeah. I feel like she's never really, um, I haven't really... She's always just been like too goofy or like um just yeah, I feel like she hasn't had uh, a chance for a good speech and she finally got one. And yeah, it was great. Yeah. She long really time coming, it off. but it's good that it's there. Yeah. Um is there anything else then? Um we didn't really talk about Audrey, but that stuff's super boring. It's so boring. So so boring. Um, uh she needs to get out. Um we still can talk hasn't about gotten the, out. The, you talk about the secret shopper thing that's happening at the double R, but that's boring. Uh, yeah, the MT Wentz situation. Yeah, um, so he's an FBI person? Well, so how it goes is the rumor floats about the town that MT Wentz, this travel writer, is in town, which obviously just, or not obviously, but it, it dates the show there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I guess the only travel personality that people care about these days is Anthony Bourdain. No, Rick uh, Steves. Or who? Well, Rick Steves. Who is that? Um, he's a uh, travel writer. Okay, sure. Um, he definitely exists. <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe I'm just not tuned into the travel writing world enough. Um, but yeah, so MT Wentz is the word that MT Wentz is floating around town. No one knows what he or she looks like. Um, but this guy comes in all by himself. No one else is in the diner. And Hank and Norma are like, that must be the guy. So they treat him like royalty. But then as he goes to the bathroom, Hank basically pickpockets his coat jacket that he leaves Steals there. Steals his wallet. Yeah. And, and keeps notes, it. Oh, yeah. He, keeps, he does not return it. <laughs> but he notes that, nope, that's not MT Wentz. Or it's very unlikely that's empty once because he's a district attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it said FBI on it. Nope, he's the he's the DA that they bring in. Okay, is, thanks for so clarifying. His name is Daryl Lodwick. 
I read it as maybe that's Coop's partner. No, no. Okay. That's uh, that's the DA that they bring in to prosecute Leland. Check. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why he didn't make it to the. Uh, the meeting uh, in the police department. Yeah, the meeting. No. Again, I don't think that meeting should have ever really taken place, even though it's a great scene for the judge. <laughs> it's, a pre, it's supposed to be a pre, pre-trial meeting. What do you mean? Do those happen? Yeah. That's to see if he can plead insanity. That's like totally a thing. Mm. With just the judge? It's the judge, both sides of the uh, the defense. And oh, yeah, the, and he uh, waived his right to an attorney because he is an attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like the defense can say like we're okay if he if he pleads insanity, or right. we're we're gonna protest this, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, if that's okay, if that is, yeah, I all right, I see that. Yeah, I retract that. Yeah, you can't just automatically plead insanity. You need to get it approved by the judge before you actually put it to trial. Sure. Um, My point still stands that it shouldn't have been that judge, but yeah. you're right in that the DA should have been there. Yeah, I agree with your conflict of interest thing. Can I, I'm about to say something, and I apologize. Go for it. My roommates are driving to Trader Joe's, and I don't have a car. And I really want to go shopping. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we're at the end of the episode, so it's great. It's a great segue to end the episode. Uh, yeah, I mean... Our last two, I, I was mentioning, our last two are uh, both like an hour and twenty a piece. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is this is perfectly uh, perfectly good. I think we're at about fifty. Perfect. Here, so, so um, peep on twinning, everybody. Yeah, peep on twinning. We'll uh, see you next week. If you want Mike to pick you guys up anything, um, just uh, tweet him something. <sighs> the frozen gnocchi. It's so good. It's yeah. so good and reasonably priced. Um, all right. Uh, see you next week. Hopefully with a more uh an episode like yeah the last episode we've had so much to talk about but this week not a lot they can't all be winners yeah um all right well uh take it easy everybody we're gonna close the episode with dave lynch saying what his favorite dish to get at trader joe's is it's not so much a dish but the five dollar wine is fantastic Ooh, he pays five dollars. I the rest of America only plays pays three dollars, so I don't know what he's doing. It's the good stuff. Alright, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>